0: he seemed not well pleased when that gentleman was with eda and marked his feelings so plainly that dudley was sometimes inclined to fear that his pupil had conceived an attachment to the object of his own affection but then again twice when they were sauntering in the park before the house lord hadley made an excuse to leave him and miss brandon together and walked away in the direction of the grange remaining absent for two or three hours in the meantime rumours spread and the newspapers announced that there were threatening signs in the manufacturing districts that great meetings of artisans were taking place in public and in private that the people determined to have what they called a holiday and that some great attempt at popular insurrection was contemplated by those immense masses which congregated within a very narrow space having the means of rapid communication ever open and whose amount of intelligence is sufficient to make them feel the ills they suffer and the wrongs they are subject to, without showing them the best means of relieving the one or casting off the other. The prompt and decided measures of government, too, were detailed in the public prints. The march of different regiments was mentioned, and some portions were displayed of the general plan for suppressing any outbreak, which had been formed by the great master of strategy sufficient to prove to any person not infatuated by false hopes that the movements of the people would be effectually checked as soon as ever they transgressed the bounds of law to most of the little party assembled at brandon these reports came like the roar of the stormy ocean to persons calmly seated by the domestic hearth they were far removed from the scene of probable strife they had full confidence in the power and the wisdom of government there were no manufactories for many miles around, and the nearest point at which there was any great congregation of artisans lay at some twenty or thirty miles distance where there were both mines and potteries nevertheless eda observed that her uncle read with the deepest attention everything that referred to the discontent of the manufacturing population She saw, too, that he was uneasy, that there was a restlessness and an impatience about him which she could not account for, and she pointed it out to Dudley, who remarked it also. "'I have not seen him in this state for years,' she said, and I cannot help thinking that something of great importance must be weighing on his mind.' "'I have heard,' replied Dudley, "'that at one time he took a very warm—I might almost say vehement—' interest in political matters and went through a contested election in the north as the advocate of the most extreme pretensions of the people i have cause to remember that period dearest eda for with that election commenced the ruin of my poor father he had represented the town for many years in parliament when your uncle started against him upon principles almost republican as they had been friends from boyhood although the contest was carried on very fiercely by their several supporters it was conducted with courtesy and kindness by themselves as much courtesy and kindness indeed as could exist under such circumstances between men of the most opposite political principles my father was returned but some of the electors thought fit to petition against him accusing his agents of the most extensive bribery and corruption As the population was large and very equally divided in opinion, the expenses of the election itself had been enormous. Innumerable witnesses were brought before the committee on both sides. The investigation lasted for months. The most eminent barristers were retained by enormous fees, and though it ended in my father retaining his seat, an outlay of nearly thirty thousand pounds was incurred by the contest and the petition to meet this expense he proposed to mortgage the estates when your worthy uncle feeling perhaps that his supporters had not treated my father very well offered to take the proposed mortgage at a low rate of interest it was necessary however that the title deeds should be closely examined and they were submitted to the inspection of his lawyer a scoundrel of the name of sherborne this man who was as keen and acute as he was unprincipled discovered a flaw in the title and instead of merely advising your uncle not to take the mortgage he communicated the fact to another party and a long lawsuit was the consequence which ended in our being stripped of the property which my grandfather had purchased and paid for my father was now loaded with a very large debt besides which he had no means of paying and his spirits and his health sunk and gave way at once In these circumstances, Sir Arthur Adelon acted with a degree of kindness which I can never forget. He purchased a very small property, which had descended to me from my mother at more than its real value, and did not even wait till I was of age to make the transfer before he paid the money. I had thus the means of comforting and soothing my father during an enforced absence from England, and the long period of sickness which preceded his death at the moment i was of age i signed the property to your uncle though i had never seen him myself i wrote to thank him at my father's death but he did not answer my letter and what is somewhat strange he has never adverted to the subject since i have been here perhaps thinking rightly that it must be a very painful one to me i have been led into a long story he continued when I only wish to explain to you that Sir Arthur is known to feel very intensely upon the subject of the people's rights and claims. That he sympathizes deeply with these poor men in the manufacturing districts, there can be no doubt. And I rather think you will find that the anxiety and uneasiness he displays are to be attributed to the interest he feels in them. Eda mused, but did not reply she was deeply attached to her uncle who for many years had acted as a father towards her but yet she might know his character better than dudley and might entertain reasonable doubts as to his being moved by the feelings which that gentleman ascribed to him she did not express those doubts however and the conversation took another turn the fifth day of dudley's stay at brandon was a sunday and it commenced with a tremendous storm of wind and rain. The nearest village was, as I have shown, at some distance, and Sir Arthur Adelon, though he courteously proposed to order the carriage to carry any of the party, who might desire it, to the morning service, added some remarks upon the state of the weather and the likelihood of the servants getting very wet, which prevented any one from accepting his offer a room had been fitted up at brandon and decorated as a chapel and at the usual hour mr filmer appeared to officiate in the celebration of mass eda brandon was not present for as she informed dudley she had promised her mother before her death never to be present at the services of the roman catholic church lord hadley and his tutor however with less rigid notions accompanied sir arthur and a number of his servants to the chapel and somewhat to dudley's surprise mr clive and his daughter also appeared soon after notwithstanding the tempest that was raging without dudley felt a reverence for religion in all its forms the worship of god was to him always the worship of god and though he did not affect to adore in a wafer the real presence of his saviour he behaved with gravity and decorum through the whole ceremony lord hadley on the contrary treated the whole matter somewhat lightly paid little attention to the offices of the church and kept his eyes fixed during a great part of the service upon helen clive with a look which was not altogether pleasing to his tutor nor did it seem so to edgar adelon either for when he glanced towards lord hadley for a moment his colour became suddenly heightened, and his eyes flashed fire, giving to Dudley, for the first time, a key to what was passing in his bosom. After mass was concluded, Sir Arthur took Clive familiarly by the arm, and walked with him to the library, begged him not to think of returning to the Grange with Helen till the storm had passed. Mr. Clive declined to stay, however, saying that he did not feel the weather himself, and that as he had come up in his own little sociable helen would be under cover as she went back the day passed as other days had done but during the afternoon mr filmer paid particular attention to dudley and was altogether more cheerful and entertaining than he had been for some time as if the services of his religion formed a real pleasure to him the effect of which remained for several hours after they were over End of chapter 11